You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very excited to be with you all today. Broadcasting here on the Red Future Radio Network. My favorite place to be with you all. Wherever you're listening, in your cars, in your ears, on your podcast. At GOPJosh.com, at RedFutureRadio.com. Whether you source the show from Twitter, Facebook, Telegram... Gab, Getter, Parlor, Truth Social, we appreciate you being here every single Monday and every single Thursday. It is my honor to host you all. A little PSA before we begin. Our phone number is 57GOP-JOSH7. It's a voicemail line. It'll ring about six or seven times, and then my voice will pick up and ask you to leave a message after the beep, and then you can leave that message, and I'll play it here on the broadcast. If you are calling about a Samsung TV in New York City, it's the wrong number. Please don't call me again. You can also text that number. It's 574-675-6747. If you prefer to not use your phone number, you can contact the show. Anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader slash message. That's not that short of a link. I, th- I-, I think if you go to gopjosh.com slash show, it'll take you to that link as well. Uh, you can click on send a voicemail and it should send you to that link if I do recall correctly. Also... Monday on the broadcast, we will have a short interview with Neil Peterson, independent candidate who has been rejected on the ballot for governor. He was not accepted to the ballot, so um, we'll, we'll talk to him about that, uh, what, what, what the future steps for his campaign are, because he's full steam ahead. He's not slowing down, so we'll talk to him about that as well. There's a whole op-ed or a press release written by his campaign I want to talk about Monday as well, so we'll talk about that then on the broadcast. But let's hop right into this. First off with Biden. News that broke today just a few hours ago. He has tested positive for the corona. Joe Biden, who I don't know how he hasn't had it before. If you look at how many people in the Biden administration have had COVID, the fact that he hasn't had it before is a blessing. And I'm saying that as someone who wants the president to be healthy. Um, I I said this during the Trump administration, and I agree with it now, if you want the ship we are all sailing on to sink with a bad captain, then you're anti-American, you're anti-people. If you want Trump to fail at flying the plane because he's the captain and you don't like the captain, then you are not a pro-America person, you're not a pro-people person, you're a pro-political ideology person. I don't want Biden to fail. Trust me, I don't want Biden to fail. I don't want him to die. I hope he's healthy. I hope he can lead the country. I mean, I don't agree with him in any way, but I hope he's alive. He can lead the country the way he sees fit as he was supposedly elected by the people. He wasn't elected, but that's what the left likes to say is that he was. He wasn't, but that's what they say. But he has tested positive. He's not healthy. He has COVID. He's had 46 booster shots, and he is not healthy. I mean, he, he caught COVID. And there's a clip, let me see if I can find this here, where he actually said in the past, if you get these vaccines, you won't get COVID, which is just ironic. But I mean, so so he's boosted uh, two times at least with the two original shots. It's four shots. And he still caught COVID. And I hope he's healthy. I hope he recovers. I hope um, his vaccines kick in eventually and he 
becomes uncontagious. Let's let's check this out here. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations, which is ironic because every person in the Democratic Party who has gotten the vaccinations have had COVID. Fact checkers before you ban me from Spotify and ban me from YouTube and ban me from every platform. I know that not every single person who has gotten the vaccine has had COVID. It's an expression. Because I was banned originally. My first YouTube ban was for um, it was for uh, COVID misinformation. And the second one is for this right here. For uh, The second one is for a broadcast with Neil Peterson. Ironic that we're talking about both in the same episode, Neil Peterson and COVID. This is the ultimate episode. I need to upload this to YouTube because they're going to take it down right away. But I, I digress. So Biden has COVID. The White House doesn't know how he got COVID and they don't care. Now, this is a big thing. I'm 99% sure, and I don't know, I've never been in the proximity to the president, any president, but I'm sure if you are in the proximity to the president at the chance that you could give him a disease, I'm sure you are tested for that disease. I'm sure whoever he met with, whoever he had a conversation with, whoever he talked to was tested for COVID before doing that. He doesn't just walk up to some random person in the street and start having a conversation. That's just not how that works. He hasn't had any major campaign events recently. He's been off the grid for a while now. He hasn't been out in public. He hasn't been talking to the American people. He hasn't been held accountable by the American people ever. So if he had a scheduled meeting, if he was talking to someone, if he had an event, those people were most definitely tested positive for COVID. So this raises a couple questions. First off, how long has Biden been contagious and we haven't known? How many time, How many people have he, has he spread it to in meetings? How many more people from his cabinet are going to come out with COVID, come, come down with COVID, have caught COVID from this? Is he going to be the next super spreader? Because the president has a lot of meetings. I mean, it's just in, in the job, you're running the country. Second off, how did he catch it? Who did he meet with that the test failed that they took and said they weren't, they, they weren't positive when they were a super spreader? They were spreading it themselves. And that also leads to question, what's the point of testing Biden probably three times a day or two times at least, once a day? Um, what's the point of testing him if he's going to test positive? Testing anyone he comes in contact with if they're not going to test positive before he does. And it leads into the insanity of the government giving out these free tests and mandating that anyone who who goes to work or, or this, and this, these were back in the... Uh, vaccine mandate times anyone who goes to work anyone who who wants to go out into society has to test or be vaccinated that was the stipulation the tests don't work i'm sorry i'm going to say it the tests hardly work i believe some of the results are accurate i don't believe they all are the at-home test which i'm sure the president is using but someone meeting with him might have they don't work i mean people aren't able to medically grade test themselves it just doesn't work that way. People aren't trained. And these at-home tests, if COVID is that bad, and I was thinking this with masks as well, why are they not in biodegradable trash cans or the the biohazard trash cans? Why can't you throw them in your kitchen bin with your chicken scraps and bacon grease? I don't understand any of it, but I hope Biden gets better. I hope he feels better. I don't want him to be sick. I don't want him to be ill. I don't like the president, but I don't like the president, but I'd, I'd much rather prefer having President Biden over Kamala Harris, even though neither of them are the legitimately elected presidents. But I digress. A bill has passed in the House as we're moving on that would 
codify gay marriage in the the, the right to gay marriage in the Constitution in the um, in the Congress. I don't know if it actually have any effect, but it, it would codify gay marriage in Congress. It has passed 40, I think it was 44 Republicans voted for it in favor, which is a shame. It would codify Obergefell, and it needs probably 60 votes to pass in the House. Unless there are uh, 60 votes, yeah. Because 10 GOP legislators need to pass over to overcome a filibuster to pass the bill. So far, CNN went around to every senator's office, every Republican senator's office, I believe, and to see if they will support the same-sex marriage bill. Five Republicans said they will. Rob Portman, who has a gay son, obviously will. Susan Collins uh, supports it. Ron Johnson probably will. Lisa Murkowski probably will. And Tom Phils probably will. I'm pretty sure Susan Collins is a co-sponsor. Eight Republicans said they would vote no. Fifteen Republicans are undecided. And 22 have not responded. So uh, Susan Collins is a yes. Lisa Murkowski is a yes. Rob Portman is a yes. Tom Phils is a yes. Rob Johnson is a yes. Bill Cassidy, John Cornyn, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Josh Hawley, Jim Inhofe, Marco Rubio, and Robert Roger Wicker are all likely no's. Undecided or did not indicate support for are Richard Burr, Roy Blunt, Mike Braun, John, Joni Erst, uh, Cynthia Lumens, Rand Paul, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney. He said that uh, it's not something I've given consideration to at this stage since I don't see the law changing, Mitt Romney said. Mike Rounds of South Dakota. Rick Scott of Florida, Dan Sullivan, John Thune, Pat Tooney, Tommy Tuberville, and Todd Young. And the rest of these senators did not respond. Some notable ones on the list are Marsha Blackburn, who I'm surprised, as long with John Kennedy, did not respond to their inquiries. Unless they're just buying into the, don't talk to CNN because they are fake news, as they are. But if your senators in the five that said yes, or the... Was it eight, seven or eight that said possibly? Nine. Four, 15. That said they possibly will. If your senators are in that list. Uh, Indiana, Alabama, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Alaska, Florida, South Dakota. Again, Utah, Kentucky, Wyoming, Iowa, Indiana, Missouri, North Carolina. Look at this article. It'll be in the show notes below. As much as I don't like CNN, look at the article. Get the facts. And go to your senators. Call their office. And, and either way... Voice your support or or your disagreement with this bill, as I would vo- voice my disagreement. Rob Portman obviously is a yes. Uh, uh, Sherrod Brown is an obvious yes. He, he will never vote for against uh, Chuck Schumer. But that is that bill. I want to update you in, in these big profile legislation that might have an effect someday that's ignored in the mainstream media outside of bashing Republicans for not supporting it. So I want to bring that to you. I want to talk about that. It would codify gay marriage. It would codify interracial marriage. That's what that bill would do. It passed with 40-some Republican votes. Uh, Mike Carey, NOH 15, was one of them. And it's just the, the, the fact that Republicans are the party of tradition, the party of conservative values, social conservatism needs to be a mainstream value in the Republican Party as it has been forever. Social conservatism, uh, economic conservatism, um, political conservatism is nothing without social conservatism. You can conserve the economy, you can conserve this and that, but you cannot conserve America without conserving our culture, without conserving our traditions, 
without conserving our values. And you can you can say that, well, I, I don't want the government involved, but if they are involved, they should allow it for all. Then vote for a bill that would ban it completely. But if a government is going to take a, a, a religious ceremony, as marriage is, that has been outlined in the Bible as between one man and one woman, then they cannot change that to fit the worldly views. And I try not, I mean, I don't try not to, but I don't, I don't come on here and preach. I'm not a preacher. I'm not as, as well scripted in the Bible as I should be. But holy matrimony is one man and one woman. And if we are going to take, as a society, as a country, if we're going to take a religious ceremony and change it to fit what we think it should fit as worldly people, against what God has said, against what is the tradition, we need to abolish ab- abolish the system. Abolish state-sponsored marriages completely. But if we are going to sponsor them, they need to uphold the values in which they were founded under. Marriage wasn't founded by George Washington or, or someone else in, in history. It was founded by God. To bind together one, one groom and one bride. Not, to, not, not Adam and Steve. Not Eve and... Uh, even, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, so the shame on the Republicans that voted for it, and the shame of the ones that indicated support. And I hope this goes in the docket in the Senate, and I hope it fails. And I hope Obergefell is overturned. That's where I'm at at this point. We cannot keep playing defense. We cannot play. Well, you know, I don't like it, but you know, it doesn't affect me. We can't. We can't play that defense. We can't play, oh, well, it should go back to the states, but it doesn't affect me, really. You know, we can, we can just not allow, allow it to overturn. We can just support this and just, just get it over with. Just let the left have this win. We'll, we'll take another one. We cannot play the defense. Republicans have been on defense for too long with no fighting back. When is the last time we culturally fought back? Would you say during COVID? Because did we really? I mean, Mike DeWine, who had some of the worst lockdowns in America, worse than Gretchen Whitmer, a Republican, was reelected. I mean, do we really take a stand on that? Well, we have education. Have we really took a stand on that? Have we done anything federally to stop some of the things in education? We have a Department of Education. Use it. Well, it should be a state issue. It should be a state issue. Some things. If the left is going to push back federally and push forward federally, we need to stand back. And we, we not stand back. We need to fight back. I'm sorry. That's a, a, a bad slip. We need to stand up and fight back. When we take the majority, we need to pass legislation repealing this vote if it passes. We need to pass legislation not supporting gay marriage. The opposite, actually. Condemning it. And Obergefell needs to be overturned. That's where I'm at right now, at the current state of America. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. 
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. 57GOPJosh7 is our number. 574-675-6747. You can email me. My email is josh at gopjosh.com. Open for you all 24-7, 365. Email me whenever you'd like, and I'll respond to your comments on the air. No voicemails today, although I did get a text about the TV that I was telling you about in the intro. If, you, if you're on Craigslist, if you're in New York, and you browse through Craigslist, and you find the number 574-675-6747 on a post about a, I think it's a 50-something-inch flat-screen TV, a, a Samsung TV, if you find that, can you send that to me? Please text it to the number, 574-675-6747. Just, just text the number and say, hey, I found the link. Here, here's your Craigslist ad. I'd greatly appreciate it. <laughs> but anyways, we move on. Welcome back to the program. So the Uvalde school officials are going to vote on firing the police chief that um, responded to the Robb Elementary School shooting, which was the shooting in Uvalde that killed 19 children. Uvalde school officials will decide the fate of District Police Chief P. Uh, Arnando during a special meeting Saturday after Superintendent Hall Harrell, uh, Harrell recommended the police chief's firing. The meeting falls almost two months after uh, Arnando was among the first law enforcement officers to arrive at the scene of the Texas's worst school shooting. Blame for the fiercely cri- uh, criticized response to the massacre during which law enforcement waited more than an hour to confront the shooter has largely fallen on Arnando. The district will place him on administrative leave l- roughly one month after the shooting. You can't watch the footage that footage that I've watched and the footage they've released of the police officers in riot gear or in their their brutal response gear, whatever it's called. I don't know the proper term. Pumping hand sanitizer out of the container when nineteen killed nineteen kids were brutally murdered on the other side of that wall. You can't watch that and think that guy should keep his job. Yep, he, he, he's free. Let him stay. This is beyond due. This should have been done a long time ago. This happened two months ago. He should have been fired the day after it happened. They've had that security footage for however long. They saw what happened. He should have been fired there and then for his inadequate response, his late response. And I can't say that if I was a police officer, if I was in that scenario, I would run in and into the the fire. And I, I can't say I would. That's why I haven't chosen to be a police officer. But if you ever have a doubt in your mind, just from what I've heard from law enforcement, that, that you wouldn't go in to protect elementary school students, if you ever have a doubt in your mind that you'd be like, well, maybe I'll be hesitant. That's not the profession for for you. It's not. And if you were on the record in, in one of these instances with this response, I really don't think that's the profession for you. So Pete, as the signs say, fire Pete on the article in the show notes below. If he's fired, that's a good decision. Because what happened is is cannot happen again. And his leadership cannot be had at Rob Elementary School. That can't happen again. Once again, I'm praying for the people in Uvalde, the families affected. Because it, it's not, it's not going to get any easier. I mean, grief works in, in 
wild ways. But I, I think just watching this happen, watching this guy lose his job. And honestly, I don't know if there's a crime in Texas for inadequate police response causing the death of 19 children. But if there is, maybe that should be pushed forward. We'll provide a little bit of, of, of relief. So I'm praying for these families. I'm sorry it happened. And I, I back the blue. I really do. I, I support the police. But sometimes their responses make it so hard to support. Truly. So if he's gone, that'd be a better for the community, better for Evalde, Texas. And we're going to move on forward with the coordinated, what we're talking about, police, coordinated Supreme Court arrest stunt with AOC and Ilhan Omar. So if you watch this, and I, I didn't watch the clip, I, I read about it quite a few times, but supposedly AOC and Ilhan Omar was handcuffed and taken away by police and, and other members of the Congress were taken away, arrested, and, and they were they, they just put the wrist behind their back. Just don't actually put the handcuffs on, it'll hurt. Come come on, cop. Let's take photos, let's let's pose for Instagram. You see the cuffs behind my back? Yeah, well, yeah that's all that happened. AOC faked being handcuffed. <laughs> In this video from what I've what I've read about it. And we are having some technical difficulties here at the Conservative Crusader. So I can't actually read the article I had pulled up to talk about this. But I know that I want to say it was 19 representatives that just just faked being arrested to try to. I don't know. We know what they gained from that. I mean, the Capitol Police are, are owned by Nancy Pelosi. So, so she wouldn't have gained anything. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, and 15 other Democratic lawmakers were arrested Tuesday, who were arrested Tuesday outside the Supreme Court, coordinated with the stunt with a progressive dark money group funded by billionaire George Soros. Getting arrested was the whole point of the stunt. Ocasio-Cortez sent an Instagram post on Tuesday. She said organizers of the Center for Popular Democracy Action Fund asked her and her colleagues to submit themselves for arrest in front of the Supreme Court. The New York lawmaker insisted in the post what she and her colleagues did was very different than a publicity stunt. Omar spokesperson Jeremy Slevin tweeted about 30 minutes later before the lawmakers hit the streets that a film crew with the Dark Money Group will be at the scene live streaming the event. He tweeted, members of Congress, including Ilhan Omar, will be participating in a civil disobedience at the Supreme Court, potentially including arrest shortly. 1 p.m. ET was the time. He also replied, at CPD Action is live streaming its follow along. Uh, Andrew Friedman, told, the co-executive director of the CPD Action, told the Washington Post in 2018 that the group and its sister organization, Center for Popular Democracy, uh, there's the action, like kind of like Turning Point USA, it sounds like, received over $1 million a year from Soros' Open Society Foundations as a 501c4 nonprofit. CPD Action is, isn't required to disclose the identity, identity of its donors. CPD Action said its leaders were among the 18 non-members of the Congress who were arrested alongside Ocasio-Cortez and the other Democratic lawmakers on Tuesday. Quote, moments, moments ago, leaders from CPD Action Network organizations and members of Congress and more, and more participated in a powerful civil disobedience demonstration and got arrested to protect our right to safe and legal abortions, the Dark Money Group posted on Facebook Tuesday afternoon. This is a clear message to SCOTUS and lawmakers that we won't back down until all pregnancy-able people, oh my, that that's, all pregnancy-able people are treated as full human beings with the autonomy to make decisions about our own bodies, the group added. Why can't they say women? 
I can't. Is that why they didn't tweet it? Is that why it's on Facebook instead? Because they just ran out of characters for saying pregnancy capable people. Ocasio-Cortez was mocked by some conservative commentators for creating the impression that she was handcuffed by the police during her arrest. A New York lawmaker was filmed crossing her hands behind her back while she was being escorted out of the scene by police. She then pumped her fist towards a crowd of supporters while still being detained by the police. I'm handcuffed. Look at this, guys. Yo, pump our fist. Pump our fist. Oh, I'm handcuffed. I'm handcuffed. I forgot. She insisted she wasn't pretending to be in handcuffs. She said, no faking here. Putting your hands behind your back is the best practice while detained, handcuffed or not. To avoid escalating charges like resisting arrest. Whatever, whatever, whatever. A Capitol Police spokesperson told the Washington Examiner that no one arrested outside the Supreme Court on Tuesday was handcuffed. Um, As it is standard for peaceful planned protests, those who were arrested were ticketed and released on site. Nobody was handcuffed. That's a standard for a uh, non-custodial arrest. Everyone was arrested for crowding, obstructing, or accommodating. They have up to 15 days to pay a $50 fine or they can have a hearing. So the member of Congress from, I believe it's New York's 14th, led a publicity stunt, and she said it's not, but that's what it is, using tax-funded Capitol Police officers to engage in it. Now, Capitol Police officers off-duty can do whatever they want, but these were paid, in-uniform Capitol Police officers, wasting their resources. We, The left says defund the police. How would they have their, their photo ops if not? I mean, she, she used the member of Congress card to to access these police officers. I'm sure, in order to get him to get them to arrest her. It's all publicity stunt. It's all to try to make cops look bad and to boost AOC's name in the Twitter algorithm. That's all it is. That's all she has. She can't do anything else. She she's not a good member of Congress. She never done anything anything for a constituent. She might have named maybe, possibly. She might have named a mailbox. Or a, a post office, I'm sorry. It's about all she's done in Congress. She's done nothing. She won't debate Marjorie Taylor Greene, who wants to debate her on the Green New Deal. She won't debate her. Why won't she debate why won't she debate her if she if she loves her Green New Deal? If she even wrote it. I don't think she wrote it. But I digress. She used a publicity stunt using the Capitol Police that she hates and she wants defunded. She used that in order to take photos and Get her name in the news. As it, it, it worked. It worked. Let's be honest. It's just incredibly stupid. And while we're talking about Congress here, still using my phone to read the articles because, frankly, <laughs> my computer's on life support right now. House Democrats reject a GOP resolution to denounce violence against churches and pro-life centers. Following numerous attacks in recent weeks, Representative uh, uh, Mike Johnson introduced House Resolution 1233, which sought to condemn the recent attacks on pro-life facilities, groups, and churches. Johnson took to social media to blast the left silence regarding the p- recent pro-abortion attacks on churches and pro-life centers. This is from the Daily Wire. Quote, ever since the Dobbs decision of crisis, pregnancy centers have been subjected to a nas- nationwide space uh, spate of violence and vandalism that has been met with silence by President Biden and Democrats. Enough is enough. He, there is an entire... Uh, let's see how long this clip is. I might play it. It's a six-minute long clip. We don't have time for that here on the program um, where, where where he just asked them to condemn violence. He asked the left, he asked Republic, or Democrats and Republicans alike to condemn violence, to say, you know what? We're not going to tolerate this. You can peacefully protest. You can say that you want abortion legal in your state, but, but violence isn't acceptable. It's pretty much it. Just, 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 
have Pelosi go up there pretty much and say, we voted to say violence is unacceptable. That's all they had to do. And the Democratic Party and the left struck it down. They, they won't vote on it. They won't condemn violence. And, and they, the ironic part is if, if January 6th, and I want to say this very clearly, the right has condemned January 6th and what happened on that day. Many, including people who were there. Every person I've talked to that has been there has condemned what actually happened going into the Capitol, people getting hurt, people getting killed. They've condemned that. The left is obviously attacking it because it is a a right-wing protest. But if the left would have broken into the Capitol, they would have not condemned it. There would not be a January 6th commission. There would not be the processes there are now. There would not be political prisoners still arrested with in solitary confinement without trial in the D.C. prisons. If it was a left-wing protest, the standards would be so different, it's incredible. And that's the thing with the left, is if it was a Planned Parenthood being destroyed, they would condemn it right away. They, they would have passed a resolution themselves, and Republicans would have supported it. Hey, 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 pro-lifers, don't attack the Capitol. Or don't attack Planned Parenthood. Don't attack these uh, protest centers, these organizations, these headquarters. Don't attack them. Just don't do it. It's stupid. It'll get you hurt. It'll get you killed. It'll get you in jail. It'll get everyone hurt. It'll destroy property. Just don't do it. The right would have agreed to that. The right would have voted for the same thing. Would have said, you know what? No violence. Just, just let's move forward without violence. Pretty simple. But the right or the left won't do the same thing. They won't condemn violence by their own side. They can't. They, they can't condemn violence. They'll lose so many donors. It's incredible. They won't condemn violence. They won't do what they need to do about that. One more story for this segment, and then we're going to, ha- we're going to have to move on. Uh, Biden considers declaring a national emergency over abortion pills to make an abortion pill accessible nationwide despite state laws restricting the drug, according to Politico. The administration may use executive power to grant under the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act to p- declare a public health emergency to allow abortion providers and pharmaceuticals and pharmacists I'm sorry, to distribute chemical abortion pills even in states where abortion is heavily restricted. The White House staffers prefer the PrEP op- Act option, which would allow Biden to shield abortion providers from criminal prosecution compared to other proposals, but they may- remain skeptical that the emergency actions could survive legal challenges in court. It's also unclear how long the order could last given that the public health emergencies are temporary according to Politico. So they left ones to tolerate in Trump state laws again, like I said in the first segment. And why I said in my interview with J.R. Majewski that abortion should be a federal issue and we should ban it federally. The reason I said that is because the left doesn't think it's a state issue and they're going to use their power while they have it to do whatever they can and then Republicans will get the majority and say, you know what, well, well, you know, it's kind of already happened. It's already in law. It's just a lot of work to, to get rid of it. And it's a lot of work to, to pass something opposing it. So we're just going to let it hang. We'll, we'll do it next time. And we'll promise you it for, for 20 years and we'll never get it done. And that's the problem with the Republican, um, the, the Republican Party and the Republican establishment. That's what they standard do. That's what they always do. It's nothing new. But when we return, we want to talk about Ohio just a little bit. I also want to talk about January 6th a little bit and insurrection and criminals in the Capitol. Because there's more news with Stephen Colbert and his team who entered the Capitol, was filming illegally, 
We'll talk about that when we return to the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. So there's a video now that shows Stephen Colbert's TV crew within the Capitol before their arrest on June 16th. The Capitol Police arrested nine individuals associated with comedian Bill Col- uh, Stephen Colbert. I'm sorry, on the sixth floor of the House Longworth Office Building, which sits across Independence Avenue from the U.S. Capitol. While there, the group pretended to place invitation to a cocaine orgy, an apparent reference to North Carolina Representative Madison Cawthorn's claim he received invitations. Police say the crew was warned several times against trespassing on Capitol grounds and that a concerned staffer for Representative Jamal Bowman alerted authorities to their presence because their behavior caused him to fear for his safety. Footage of the Colbert team shenanigans obtained by Justin News shows some of the crew outside of Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's office. One individual appears to be trying to hang a poster outside the Georgia Republican's door while another films the stunt with his phone. At one point, a member of the crew holds up a uh, triumphant the insult comic dog, a puppet character that has appeared in multiple late-night comedy programs, including Colbert's Late Show. Federal prosecutors ultimately declined to press charges against the Colbert Nine, whom joking, who Colbert jokingly insisted only committed first-degree puppetry. I guarantee you that if this was a member of um, Greg Gutfeld's team at Fox News, a member of Newsmax, One America News, Red Future Radio, had it been a member of one of these organizations, one of a conservative true news organization, or even another conservative comedy organization, such as the, uh, what, what, what conservative commentary? There's Gutfeld. What about, that's about it. They would have been arrested. They would have been charged for criminal trespassing. But the two-tiered justice system between left-wing and right-wing people, between Republicans and Democrats, between conservatives and liberals, between MSNBC and NBC employees, or whatever, whoever Colbert works for, I think it's CBS, and, and conservatives is outrageous. I mean, and you you can't you you can't have two tiers of justice in America. You can't have the Colbert team getting off the hook, and then January sixth protesters being arrested without trial. You can't have a What's the word here? You can't have one party okay and one party not. And the, the hypocrisy is real. The Capitol Police is upset that his team was spared, but that he was spared anyway. They can't do anything about it at that point. One more story. I want to build onto that a little more. It's just... It's unbelievable. It truly is they were spared. They were warned multiple times. That's enough. One and done, get out of the Capitol. Or you're going to be arrested. Get out of the Capitol, you'll be arrested and charged. And the fact that it didn't happen is disappointing. Incredibly disappointing. I would say the same thing if it was Gutfeld's team. I would say the same thing if it was an OAN crew. 
if it was my crew, if I ever become an executive and, and they were trespassing, I'd say the same thing. Charge them. They were trespassing. Do it. I'll bite the bullet. I'm sorry. They were trespassing, but they committed a crime. And the, the final story for the Ohio segment is a man who has raped the 10-year-old girl, the Columbus man, the illegal immigrant, is facing two felony counts of rape. Just just a good news story of the day. Uh, he is facing two felony counts of rape. It is her mom's boyfriend, by the way. Um, yeah, she, she had an abortion on June 30th in Indianapolis. Victim identified Fuentes as the person who raped her. Investigators questioned Fuentes at the police headquarters where he confessed to raping the victim at, or, uh, on at least two occasions. He is being held with a $2 million bond. That is your good news story of the day. He is in jail. He is being charged for raping that young girl. Now deport him and deport all his friends and all other illegal immigrants that shouldn't be here. Plain and simple. If he wasn't here in the first place illegally, this would have never happened. I know you don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for joining me today here on the Red Future Radio Network Monday with Neil Peterson at 57 GOP Josh 7. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 